Hey, hey, hey. We're back. <laughs> oh, man. I just like climbed up a whole lot of stairs, so. <laughs> I am in shape. I am in shape. I am in shape. Can we start off with just a word of prayer, please? Um, why don't you guys just stretch out your hands towards me and just speak forth a blessing. If you guys really want to hear the word with power and with anointing, bless me. Okay, y'all ready to pray? Yeah, let's pray. Yeah, Father. Agreement with your word, Lord. Father, I come into agreement with your word, God. Yeah, Father, we just thank you for today. And God, we thank you, yes, for the warm weather and for the seasons that are shifting, God, for us, Lord. God, we thank you for your goodness and your love, and we just celebrate who you are and what you're doing in this house. God, we just speak forth blessing over every single person. God, I just decree and declare that all eyes are being opened, all ears are being opened, all hearts are being opened, ready to receive from you, God. We thank you that your word brings life to our spirit, O oh God. And we just pray, Father, that every word that leaves my lips would be saturated with life with life. And we thank you that when your word goes out, it does not come back void or empty. But Father, you're going to establish your people, Father, in your truth and in your goodness. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, it's so good to be back. Um, for those of you that don't know, we were, Christian and I, we were traveling for a little bit. Uh, we went to India for missions and had an amazing time there. India team, where you at? Hey! Okay. And um, that was awesome. And then right after India, we flew out to San Francisco. And um, we were in the San Francisco Bay Area for about a week. And we were spending time with a, a, a relationship that had just developed. And it's basically a, a spiritual parent-to-children relationship. I explained that really weird, okay? But this is basically what it is. Um, we've um, recently come under full submission to Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny. They're a married couple, powerful couple. And, um, yeah, Christian and I are just uh, under their submission and really allowing them to speak into our lives as parents would. And um, just giving them that opportunity and that open door to really bless us, to speak to us, to rebuke us, to set us straight when we need to be set straight, which happens. And, um, yeah, just to provide that covering for us in a, in a special way. And so we went to San Francisco with the primary goal of just establishing that relationship and really um, getting to know them better. Uh, we didn't stay at a hotel. We didn't stay... Um, uh, at a friend's place, we stayed and we lived with them for about a week. And it was such a blessing. It was such a blessing. You know, you can really know somebody when you spend a lot of time with them. But when you live with them, you know, it's another level of intimacy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah? Okay. All right. So um, it was really good. <laughs> and uh, just being in their presence and watching them was better than going to any conference. It was better than sitting in hours of lectures. It was better than a Bible study, just watching them. Just following them around. We were basically like their little shadows. And we watched them do ministry. We watched them be a husband and wife. We watched them be parents, their daughter, Alethea. We watched them in just every scope of who they are and what they do in their daily lives. And just watching them and being around them changed me. 
Even without them having to say anything, even though they did, of course, but even if they didn't, I was changed by watching them. I was challenged by watching them. I was inspired by watching them. And it's not like they, they're perfect because they're not, but I watched them pursue oneness with each other. You know, there was one morning actually where they had gotten into a little bit of an argument and um, I watched them just quickly resolve it. There was a little bit of a rift and, um, you know, we were kind of making Pastor Sonny late for a speaking engagement and I, I, w- I was a little bit awkward and tense. You know, when your parents fight, you're like, mm, you know, and you like, don't know what to do. And you're like, just pretend I'm not here. And, you know, kind of want to get out of the room. I know Marcus knows what that's like because, uh, hey, son, we love you. Um, but, you know, I was getting a little bit tense, but I watched them. All of a sudden, they just started speaking to each other. Just, hey, you know what? This is how this made me feel. And then the other one was like, oh, is that how you felt? <laughs> and just this affirmation and vice versa. And I saw them just cleared up. So by the time Pastor Sonny had to preach, nothing was there. There was no issue. There was no division. They were one. And so I'm not talking about perfection because they're not perfect people, but I saw their pursuit and I saw the heart that they had. And just being in their presence, it changed me. And one of the things that I was so challenged by watching them, and we also got an opportunity to meet with uh, Pastor Benjamin's spiritual father, so I guess like our spiritual grandfather. Um, Man, he's nuts. He's just like so wise and he's so gentle. But every word that he says, it has so much weight. You know, Pastor Benjamin was saying like when he hears Pastor Daniels recite a Bible verse, even though it's like the one you know so well, like the Lord is my shepherd, But when he says it, you know, you can feel his heart towards that verse. And all of a sudden, you're changed just by listening to the Lord is my shepherd. You're like, whoa, he is? (laughs) You know, it's just this relationship that he has with God that oozes out of him. He's that kind kind of man. Just one that is in love with the the Father. And in everything he does, it just oozes out. Such a blessing. Um, but being in their presence and watching them interact, one of the things that I was so challenged by was the way that they speak, was the language that they spoke in. You know, a lot of us, we pride ourselves in being multilingual. Anybody multilingual in the house? Okay, not so many. That's okay. <laughs> uh, um, I'm really not as well. I mean, I speak Korean um, conversationally, maybe like at the level of a six-year-old child. Uh, But I'm really good at English, apparently. (laughs) But, you know, you got languages in the natural, different languages, you know, Spanish and French and English and uh, Hindi. And, you know, we were in India and we heard people speak kooky. And there's all sorts of languages. But I want to talk about another kind of language that we, as a body of Christ, need to learn how to be fluent in, and that's language of faith. And something that the languages that we usually operate in and we speak in is often the language of doubt or the language of hopelessness or the language of insecurity. I know I I speak that language really well. I did. But I feel like God, just watching them, I saw that they spoke a completely different language. When they spoke about their situation, when they spoke about where they stood, when they spoke about their circumstance, I realized that, hey, wait, what they say doesn't really match up to what I see, per se. And I I was like, huh? For example, they have a new uh, facility that they're worshiping in 
the building, they actually share that building uh, with a couple of different organizations, I think, but they don't own that building as of yet. And it's something that the church has been contending for. But when you talk to Pastor Benjamin, he speaks as if he already has it. So when he was giving us the tour of the house, he goes, this is our room. This is where the cafe is going to be. We're going to tear this whole building down and we're going to put this up and that up. And he spoke as if it was his. And so I asked him, Pastor Benjamin, I thought that you guys didn't have this building yet. He goes, well, in the natural, we don't, but in the spirit, we do. And it was a language of faith that he was speaking. And, I, and there was a difference between the natural and his words. But what he was beginning to teach me was when you speak in faith, your natural circumstances will come into alignment with that. And so he walked around the building as if he owned the building because in his heart and in his mind and what God spoke to him, it's his. And the way that he spoke was he wasn't going to wait until the natural situation where the papers were signed before acting like the building was theirs. He already had plans, blueprints, things drawn up, ready to go about what he was going to do in that house. He was speaking a different language, a language of faith. And I was so challenged by that. And it made me and really convicted me of how, what kind of languages do I speak? I was thinking about just even the past week, what are some things that have come out of my mouth? What have I really, what, what's really in my heart? Because in the passage we just read, it says, out of the overflow of your heart, the mouth speaks. And so what are the things that are coming out of your mouth? I feel like if I were to take a record of the past month of the things that I was speaking out, I don't know, I'd be a little embarrassing to read. Because I'm pretty sure there's a couple of things that I know are not in truth what God says. And what God speaks about me. And where God says I am and who he says I am. And the thing that I struggled with the most is I used to wait until I got there. And then I'd say that I'm there. But it doesn't work like that in the kingdom. You say that you're there and then you will get there. When God approached Gideon... He said, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior right there. You know what he was doing? Homeboy was hiding. He was scared, but it did not matter. God spoke it over him. You are a mighty warrior. And as he spoke that out, guess what? Gideon became a mighty warrior. It was spoken first. And as you speak it, things get established when your words go out. And so it's the language of faith. What are you establishing in your life today? You know, for so much of my life, I established myself in what I did. And if I were to look at my Christian life and I were to grade it as if a report card and how holy I am, I didn't, I didn't really do a good job. I don't know what kind of grade I would get. And I, what I saw in the natural is who I thought I was. And so that's what I spoke out. I'm, you know what? I'm not really that faithful. I'm not disciplined. I really suck at reading the Bible. It makes me fall asleep. You know, I would speak those kind of words over myself. And the crazy thing is I didn't know, but I was establishing myself in that. And as I claimed that for myself, that's where I was putting my feet. But God is saying as a God, as a people of God, we need to change that around. And even though you may look at yourself and say, you know what? I'm still pretty. I'm struggling with faith all the time. You need to speak over yourself. I'm filled with faith. Even though you're, you're go, going after the gifts of God, you need to speak over yourself. I already got it. It's already in me. I'm already moving in that. I'm not talking about being in denial, folks. 
I'm talking about coming into agreement with what this book says. Because this is truth. And our truth gets so wavered by what we see, but we cannot let that happen anymore. And so much of that has to do with the way we speak. The way that we speak. We are called to be people who speak in a language of faith. You know, when you think about yourself, that's one thing. But how about when we think about other people in our lives? For example, our family. And you think about your family and you see your family and you know, you know, the, you know your family more better than anybody else knows your family. And you begin to establish your family members with what, what you see in the natural. Like, yeah, you know what? My cousin, she's so dry. She's so weak in her faith. And you begin to say these things that you think are true, and maybe they are in the natural, but what you're actually doing is you're establishing there. You're ex- establishing your cousin right there in that place. And I'm saying what we need to do is we need to speak with language of faith, and we need to begin to say, you know what? No, she's not dry. She will be filled with the Spirit. She will be revived in her heart, and she will go after God's heart. And you begin to just put her in that place or put him in that place. And all of a sudden, you're causing them to move and to shift. One of the things that Mom, Pastor Sunny, I call her Mama, Mama, one of the things that Mama was talking to me about was a specific relationship in her life that had a lot of tension. And she was sharing with me, man, this person was just always so insensitive. She was never kind to me, very inconsiderate, never really helped me when I asked for help. And I was continuously just being hurt by this person. But God began to convict me of beginning to speak life and a language of faith over her. And so what she began to do, even in her in her prayer closet, and as well as how she spoke to that person, was begin to declare things like, you know what, you love me. You are considerate. You are sensitive to me. You are one that is giving. You are one that is um, good. And as she began to just speak those different things, even though in the natural it didn't really look like that yet, all of a sudden, where she was standing on, everything else began to come into alignment with that. And that person began to change. And little by little, she just saw changes. And she was like, it was crazy because all of a sudden she wanted to help me. She never did that before. All of a sudden she wanted to take care of Alethea. She never did that before. She, she asked me if she can, what, what kind of things I needed to help me out. These are things she's, she hasn't seen in that relationship. But the moment Pastor Sonny began to establish that person in that way, everything else came into alignment. For some of, some of us, we just wait until they change, and then we speak differently. It's backwards. We got to speak first. We got to say it first. And then who they are is going to begin to shift with who God says they are. Amen? You know, when you begin to speak in the language of faith, you're actually shifting from the natural to the heavenlies. There's a supernatural realm that you're tapping into. And what I mean by that is God is Lord over time. You know, when we look at our natural circumstances, guess what? We're bound by time. We're here in the present now. But when you get to speak outside of time, and even though they're not there yet, but you begin to speak outside of time and them to and declare yourself or your situation and your circumstance to come into a place, your present will begin to change. There's power in the words that we speak. There's power in the language that we're speaking in. And so my question to you is, what language are you fluent in? 
Because for so many of us, we're still in the ABCs of the language of faith. But we need to change that. We need to pursue that. We need to go after really speaking uh, to our circumstance and to our situations and to ourselves and to the people that we care about and begin to speak as if they already were. And begin to bind them and tie them down to the truth and not by what you see. Because we're called to live by faith. Amen? You know, one of the things that... um, I was reminded of when I was thinking about language of faith was my personal experience with my own mom. See, I had a pretty tumultuous relationship with my mom growing up. I mean, I love her and we're actually quite similar in some senses. Um, she's strong, passionate. She's an amazing woman and I honor her. You need to get that before I say anything. I really honor my mom. She's an amazing woman and she really fought on my behalf. I truly believe that the, from the bottom of my heart, I would not be here without her prayers. My mom was gangster. She is gangster with her prayers. She's no joke. But, um, but in high school, we were, we were basically pitted against each other. And we just did not see eye to eye. And we had fought so much. And, and there was so much hurt and rebellion in my heart towards my mom and towards just everything. And it was just a really hard time. And I remember when I was coming back to the Lord, um, cause I had, been pretty backslidden in college. I realized that Ito and y'all don't really know my story, do you? No. Okay. Well, let me give you two in a really short summary. I was pagan. Okay. I was just, man, I was, I got saved when I was in sixth grade, but when I, even from that moment, God's grace was upon me, but I thought that freedom was outside the church. And there was a heart that I had for freedom I wanted to be free, and I did not feel free in the church. And so what I tried to do is find freedom outside the church. And I find myself getting involved in just being extremely promiscuous, extremely addicted to, I started stealing. I got arrested for stealing when I was in college. I mean, you're not, uh, listen, I've, I am restored. I am redeemed. I mean, God really took me from the pit and drew me up. He is so good. And I was just stuck in all sorts of bondage. It's crazy. I went after freedom and I found myself bound up. I was running after freedom and I found myself in a place where I could not control myself and the addictions that were in my life, including drugs, relationships that I needed to get out of, but I couldn't get out of. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Anyway, that's a little bit of my my background there. Anyway, but my mama, okay, (laughs) causing mass chaos in my life. And so, you know, God really brought us into a place of restoration, but it was confronted and really challenged when Christian and I started our relationship. And it just, something my mom was under severe oppression with, and she's not anymore, but was anxiety and worry. I think you guys all know, well, many of you can relate to that with her parents. She was just filled with anxiety a lot of the times and filled with worry. And I know it was from a place of love, but it consumed her. And it caused her not to be able to see clearly. And so when Christian and I decided that we wanted to get together and she heard the word missionary, because at the time he wasn't the lead pastor, and she heard the word, uh, oh, got a raise support. My mom went into full anxiety mode. And she was like, hold up. No. Where's the doctor? Where's the lawyer? What happened to the steady salary? And she remembered how old I was because I was pretty young. I was 23 at the time. And then on top of that, she remembered who I was. 
because it hasn't been that long since God has really transformed me. I mean, it just caused so much worry and anxiety in my mom. And when we began to pray into that relation, our relationship and saw that my mom was really not in agreement, initially my prayers were, God, change my mom's heart. Open my mom's heart. Change my mom's heart. Lord, open it. And I was praying with passion and with fury. And one day God was like, you're praying the wrong prayer. And I was like, oh, huh? <laughs> what? And he was like, no, you, you need, you're not even touching upon what you need to pray about. You need to pray about the root. Your mom needs to be revived and restored. She needs to be set free. And so I began to shift gears and began to pray over my mom. And I spoke a language that was not me. It was a language of faith. I began to decree and declare that my relationship with my mom was only going to get better. You see, I was so stuck in the natural. And I always prophesied over myself that our relationship was always going to be bad. That I will never understand her. And she will never understand me. Those are the words I used to speak about that relationship. But soon, as God began to convict me and really rise up faith within me, I began to change my language into calling my mom into a place where she wasn't yet in the natural, but I didn't care. I established her there. And Christian and I both came into agreement with that on her behalf. And we had the whole church praying with us. One day I got a phone call from my mom and she began to speak to me. I think it was right after coming back from missions. She goes, I actually have something to tell you. And I was like, okay. Well, one Sunday, a bunch of her Chipsanim friends, our deaconess, deaconess? What are Chipsanim in English? Deacons. Anyway, a bunch of her friends, okay, they um, decided and they invited her to come to this revival service. And my mom was just not really interested. But somehow they convinced her to go. And she came, and it just so happened that the speaker of that service was an extremely anointed man of God. And the subject that he was preaching on was prophecy. And so there my mom was sitting. She was all glum and gloomy and upset, and she was really hurt by me. And, you know, she was in a, in a, in a place of just not being free. And this man is teaching about prophecy, and he begins to stop, and he looks directly at my mom, and he says, you, stand to your feet. And all of a sudden, he calls my mom forward. He goes, I'm going to show you how it's done. And he brings her to the stage, and that man began to prophesy over my mother. And he began to speak life and destiny over my mom. And get this, he says one line that turned everything around. Because in the beginning, my mom's like, who are you? And what are you saying? And then he says this one thing. He says, you were about to die, and God saved you. And my mom was telling me this on the phone, and I was like, well, I don't get it. What is he talking about? And she goes, you know what? I never told you this. But in my college years, I tried to kill myself. I was under such depression. But it wasn't long after that, one, my attempt failed, and two, I got saved. That's where my relationship with God was birthed. And when that man began to prophesy, you were about to die but you are saved. Something clicked in my mom's heart and she goes, oh snap, he, he kind of knows what he's talking about. And you can see that her heart was beginning to open and, and the man just began to prophesy destiny over my mom. You know, like as an older person, you think life is over and my mom, her kids have grown up and what's there to look forward to except getting retired and becoming old? No, there was destiny 
left for my mom to fulfill. And that's inclusive of all of our parents. Listen, God is faithful to the very end. And his nature is only to get better and better and better. And I think it was my first, the first time my mom was hearing that inside. He's not done with you yet. He's got plans for you. You got a purpose and a destiny and something was opening up inside of my mom. And then he began to pray for her and he just went like this, bless you. He didn't even touch her. Mama, whoo, boom, went down. And she was down for the whole rest of the service. And I was like, huh? Are you serious? So I come from a Presbyterian background. You don't see that. The fact that that was happening to my mom was crazy. You got to understand that it was a miracle. And she tells me that she's on the floor. I'm like, well, mom, what happened? How long were you there for? And she goes, listen, when I was on the floor, I saw this extraordinary bright light come and pierce all the way my darkness. I could feel it just come inside and push all the darkness out. And she felt instantly delivered. Now, the next day, she went to morning prayer because that's what Korean moms do, okay? In a place of Thanksgiving, she went to morning prayer, and then a friend came up to her, and they were praying, and she goes, I feel so deep in my heart that this happened to you because of prayers of your daughter and her fiancé. And so my mom, on the phone, as she's sharing this with me, mind you, this is all on tape. I was able to watch it on the internet because somebody filmed it. Yeah. God's like, I'm going to show you just how faithful I am. And she asked me on the phone, were you praying for me? And man, my heart just was flooded with joy. You know, that passage where it talks about the sorrow may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I was in a place of such sorrow and grieving, and it was just so tough during that time for me. But when she asked me that, joy, whoo, it just overwhelmed me. I said, yeah, we were praying for you. And she just said, thank you. I spoke over my mom a language of faith rather than speaking where she was at. And the result of that was everything came into alignment with that word. Everything that I prayed over my mom came into full fruition. My mom today, she's on fire. She's on fire. She's going out evangelizing every single week. I'm, I'm, my mom is on fire. She's not, every time I pick up the phone, she'll be, let me speak to Christian. Cause she wants to talk about Holy Spirit and stuff like with my husband. And then when I talk to her, she's always talking about all these like different things that God's speaking to her. I mean, it is such a blessing. And to think I could have missed that if I stayed in the place of the natural. But God is talking about the power of the language of faith. That when we begin to establish people, our circumstance, our situation, things begin to get into alignment with his word. What's the language that you've been speaking? What are you saying over yourself? Some of you are in tough circumstances. And in a place where you actually can't see how you're going to get out of it. Guess what? When you are in that place, you need to begin to speak with the language of faith. Hey, I'm going to get out of this stronger. Hey, a door is going to open up and I'm going to walk away from this situation so much more blessed. So much more filled with wisdom. You need to begin to speak to your circumstance. Begin to speak to the people around you. Begin to speak to yourself with the language of faith. Even if you don't see yourself 
there yet. Maybe you feel like you can relate more to Gideon in the cave, in the wine press, hiding out, than you can with the term mighty warrior. But you need to shift gears. And you need to begin to push and push and contend for who heaven says you are. And when you begin to speak that over yourself, watch how everything will come into alignment with that. You know, so much of being under the spiritual parents of Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny has been they've been setting order to my heart. They've been setting so much order to my heart simply by their words and what they say. One of the things I was sharing at Hillside was my feelings of inadequacy. I've been so insecure, even stepping up into the place of pastor's wife or samonim or a leader. I remember somebody eating and called me pastor the other week, and she was like, pastor. I'm like, no, I'm not a pastor. And I just, I couldn't handle it. I just like, whoa, no, and I blocked that. And man, and then I went, and then I was just in the presence of, you know, my spiritual parents, and they're like, listen, you are equally yoked with your husband. Thank you, Marcus. I love you. (laughs) And um, as I began to say that, I could hear myself resisting it. No, I'm not. Do you see where he, he is? My husband's lived a life of such faithfulness, of such fruitfulness and holiness. I mean, he's an amazing man. And when I looked at him when I got married, I felt about this big. And I was so stuck on the natural of where I was in the natural. But when they began to speak to me about who I am in alignment in the spirit realm, I could feel myself growing. I mean, nothing really happened. It's not like I did like 20 more QTs by the end of the day. And I was like, woo, you know, they just spoke it. Even with their words, I felt myself growing and expanding. And they set such alignment in my heart about my personal identity. That just broke off so many chains that I didn't even know I was carrying. And I feel like in this house, we're called to do that for one another. Don't just speak what you see because what you see is temporary. You see your friend, she's struggling. Guess what? That's temporary. You need to speak in who she really is. It's a woman of faith, a woman that's unstoppable, a woman that's on fire for God. Speak that over your friend and watch how she's going to just grow. Speak that over your small group members. Don't just come into agreement with their struggles, but speak to them that they're overcomers, that they're more than conquerors, that they're called to, um, to just climb, climb every mountain. I was thinking it's not a music. Okay, they're, that they're called to move every mountain that's in their way. That's who they really are. So there's such power in this heavenly language, this language of faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. When you speak it, you're accessing things that you couldn't access before. And we have a a resource. We're connected to endless faith, guys. We got an unlimited gift card. And so many of us are going day to day without really claiming what's ours. We can't afford to do that, church. We're called to arise. We're called to shine. We're called to be the salt and the light. And we cannot do that unless we access what heaven has in store for us. 
We can't do that if we move at the pace of what we see in the natural. We need to go ahead, go above time, begin to see ourselves the way that God has always seen us and watch as everything comes into alignment with that. Amen? I'm just going to share just one more story. You know, when uh, Pastor Benjamin and Pastor Sonny, they first got married, they actually didn't have, like, any counseling or any, like, you know, premarital counseling or all that stuff. They weren't really given the tools that you need to have a a really successful marriage because, hey, marriage is tough, especially when you're not equipped with certain tools. And, and for so much of the beginning of their marriage, they felt a lot of division between them because they weren't able to hear what each other was saying. For all the married people, I'm looking right at you. <laughs> um, and the soon to be married, come on, Kelly. Uh, you're going to know, you, you know, even people who are in relationship, communication is tough. It's hard to communicate. And one of the things that they were having trouble with was communication. And because there was such lack in that area and such, the tools weren't there or given to them, yet they felt such a division. And they would go to their spiritual father, Pastor Daniels, and they would say, man, this is what's going on. And, and he would stop them and be, hey, you are one. They're like, no, we're not. Do you not see what's been going on? The fight that we've been fighting? We're not one. We're farthest from being one. He goes, no, you are one. And he began to speak that and establish that over them. Soon Pastor Benjamin began to take a grasp of that. And after the big fights, he would go into the room, close the door, and he would pray, God, we are one. We are one. Sonny, another one. What is he talking about? We are one. And he would begin to contend. He would begin to claim that. Even though in the natural, they were divided and they were in a fight. He began to speak. No, we are one. And soon what that did was Pastor Sonny was like, you know what? We are one. And she began to contend for that as well. And soon their alignment of the oneness began to get established. You see, the, the circumstances followed the words. And so what direction are your words taking you to? Man, there's such power in this. It makes no sense to speak something that does not exist and watch it exist. It's crazy. But God's pretty powerful. And God's words are powerful. And I just feel like we need to really learn our ABCs with the language of faith. And we need to strive to contend to really be fluent in this language. And to come into agreement, not in what we see, but what is unseen. You guys are all called to be fluent in this language. Amen. It's inside of you. It's not like God needs to create it and be like, there you go. It's actually inside of you. It's just something that needs to be stirred up and awakened to. And so I want to challenge you guys to just begin to pursue that. Pursue and watch how you speak, the language that you speak, and begin to go after a language of faith. Why don't you close your eyes and bow your heads with me. And I feel like we're just going to, I'm just going to lead you through a couple of prayer topics before um, we're just going to do some ministry time.
And I feel like some of you in this place, you have been stuck in, in a situation, in a circumstance, and you've been speaking doubt over that circumstance. You've been speaking a language of hopelessness, of faithlessness over a certain circumstance in your life. A situation that you've been confronted with. And I want to just give you a moment to align your heart with God's heart. To begin to shift from that place of the natural into the spiritual realm. And begin to come into agreement with God's words that you are more than a conqueror. You are called and designed and made to overcome. And I want us to just all pray, whether it's a relationship, whether it's a situation, whether it's a circumstance, whatever it may be. I want you to begin to just change your language. And where you've been speaking negative things over that, that whatever we're talking about here, I want you to begin to pray right now and release a language of faith over that person, over that church, over that, fa- over your family, over your job, over your co-workers, things that you've been saying that may be true in the natural, but it's not coming into agreement with the word of God. I want us to begin to shift there right now. And so I want to give you this opportunity. This is serious. It may just be words to you guys, but I'm telling you, the moment you speak it, you're going to feel your heart shift. You're going to walk out of here different. So yeah, let's just begin to pray. And I want you to just pray with just faith. God, this is not what I see, but this is what I believe. This is not what I see, but this is what I stand on. What your word says, I will place my feet from there and I will not be moved. I will not be shaken from this place. I will not dictate my belief on what I see. But what I see will come into agreement with what I believe. And so we just begin to pray right now all across this room. Let's just pray together. Yeah, Lord. God, I just pray, Father.